Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson and I'm all alone today. It's been a bit of a crazy week. Uh, My wife and I had a crazy weekend because my wife and I were down in Chicago. Uh, She was selling at the Renegade Craft Fair and it went all weekend and we stayed, uh, you know, into Monday and I just got back and Lucas was busy working. And so I was like, you know what, man, I'll record a solo episode. It's been a long, long, long time since I personally did a solo episode. Uh, I know Lucas did one somewhat recently, but I figured why not? Let's let's just see, you know, what's going on in Jens's world. Uh, What can Jens come up with for an episode? Um, And so, yeah, here we are today. Uh, If you're not If you haven't been around for a while, or maybe you've been around for all 230 episodes, uh, this is a podcast that is dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Typically, it's me and Lucas, uh, but today it's just me. So join me as I discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as I strive for unity amongst diversity as a member of Christ's church. So like I said, today it's just me. So sorry if you prefer Lucas and his voice to mine, uh, but maybe you do like me and my voice better. I don't know. Let us know, but it's, it's what you, this is what you get today, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, I had a, a little bit of difficulty coming up with a topic because so much of what we do is conversational. You know, there's a little bit of back and forth, give and take. Lucas says some stuff that's really profound. I say some stuff that's really dumb and stupid because Lucas is far more... Uh, educated, uh, he's far smarter, uh, more humble for sure, and uh, so yeah, I had a little bit of a difficulty here, but I figured let's let's just talk about uh, a little bit about about me and and what I'm into, um, just you know to get to know me, because I think some of you probably have have gleaned some of who I am and what I'm all about. I know we've had episodes way back in the past, you know, maybe in our first couple of episodes, uh, stuff came up, but you know what? A lot changes in two and a half years. That's roughly how long we've been doing this podcast. So I figured I'd give just a high level overview of who I am and what I'm all about. So you guys understand, like when you listen to the doxology podcast, this is what you're going to get. So, um, as I said in the intro, my name is Jens Nelson, short for Jensen Nelson. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. I lived in a town called Stoughton for a while. Uh, my family moved to Janesville, Wisconsin, which is where I lived until I went to Moody Bible Institute uh, in Chicago. Um, so I'm a I'm a biblical studies major uh, graduate of, of Moody Bible Institute. Uh, that's actually where I met Lucas. So my wife and I, while we were, while we were down in Chicago this weekend, uh, I made the realization that I met Lucas's wife seven years ago, you know, very close to right now. I don't remember the exact date, but uh, when I was at Moody, all of us are required to do this thing called a, a practical Christian ministry. And the one that I did was in Garfield Park. Uh, it was at an old fire station that was converted to a church. It was an after-school care program for kids who were sort of at risk, but also just like living in a neighborhood that was kind of dangerous, and they wanted a safe place to go after school, you know, when you're waiting for parents to get done with work. So we'd feed them, we'd hang out, play basketball, all that. Well, Elaine happened to be, and Elaine is Lucas's wife, Elaine happened to be the, the PCM leader. Uh, so that's where I met Elaine. We hit it off right away. We we became quick friends, and we realized, like, oh, Elaine's married. I was engaged at the time to my wife, Hannah, um, who I've known my entire life. I'll get to that in a minute. But, um, but yeah, so Lucas, Lucas and I met. Uh, very shortly after that, Elaine and I were like, hey, we should we should do like a double date. We should go out. So we went to Olive Garden. And that's where the Doxology podcast was quote unquote birthed. 
Um, obviously, it took a lot longer because that was seven years ago. It took a lot longer until we were uh, to this point. But, you know, we were in school. We would have game nights. We would talk about theology. Lucas and I took classes together. You know, we had Hebrew and uh, maybe Genesis. I don't remember all the classes we had together. Um, we, we definitely took a theology of suffering, Lucas, Elaine, and I. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about a very high-level overview from, from birth until college. Um, as I mentioned, I've, I've known my wife most of my life. We met very young um, when we were in, in church together. Her, her mom and my dad sang together on a worship team, so we'd, we'd run around church. We'd see each other at rehearsals, at VBS, at Sunday school, and you know all sorts of stuff like that. So we go way back, but it, it wasn't until um, my freshman year of high or no, my freshman year of college, when I was doing community college in Janesville, um, that I, that we reconnected, we, we became friends. We were, we were friends for a good number of months and then, uh, started dating, got engaged, um, and then eventually got married. And at this point we've been married for, uh, just over six years, which is pretty crazy to say. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of, of high level overview of my life. Uh, the stuff that I did beyond college, um, so like I mentioned, I went to a community college, transferred to Moody. So I did five years technically because I had 60 credits when I went to Moody and Moody only accepted 20 of them. So I had to sort of start over a little bit. I was doing 18 credit semesters just to try to uh, not spend too much extra extra money and extra semesters at Moody if I could help it. But um, after, after Moody, actually in my final semester, it was like March uh, that I that I interviewed and got accepted at a church in a youth pastor role, and that had always been my goal. I mean, ever since uh, graduating um, or ever since leaving community college, I don't know if graduating is the right word, but when I finished community college, um, I, I wanted to I wanted to be a youth pastor, and so that's why I went to Moody. Even though I was a biblical studies major, I knew that I wanted to do youth ministry, and so um, yeah, I began applying to churches like in the fall. Uh, interviewed at a couple, and then this particular one in Downers Grove, Illinois, First Baptist Church. Um, I, I got accepted. I, I, I you know, I, I got an offer which I accepted, and uh, it started working right away. I, I, it was on a part-time basis at first because, as I said, I was finishing school. Um, and I apologize in the background; our our washing machine is running. If you hear all that pounding, but. Um, yeah, so I, I was doing part-time, so I would come down for Sundays and Wednesdays during the, the final months and weeks of my semester, and then I graduated on something like a Saturday, and then the following Monday, so just a couple of days later, I was in the office doing full-time vocational youth ministry, and I did that for about a year and a half, almost two years, and uh, a lot transpired in a short amount of time. Um, it was a position that I ended up leaving. There were, there were a lot of factors that went into it, but I had been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Um, my wife had been recently hospitalized because of her Crohn's disease, and we just had like all kinds of stuff going on personally. We were missing home because um, we're both from Wisconsin, the Madison area, and we just we, we sensed the Lord calling us away from that full-time vocational ministry and away from that church, and so um, you know, I put in a notice and we, we, we left, we, I didn't have a, a job lined up or anything. And so we, we moved back home. We actually had to move in with, um, my in-laws because the place that we were going to be renting was being renovated and it was taking longer than expected. So for like two or three months, we lived at my in-laws. 
I ended up finding a job at a, a local convenience store called Quick Trip because like no one was hiring. Um, like I, I applied, I kid you not, to probably like 20 or 30 jobs and I wasn't getting callbacks. People were saying no. Um, and so I worked at this gas station for a good number of months just to help make ends meet and to do something, um, you know, working 40 to 50 hours a week. And it was, it was a lot and it, it was, it was draining. I mean, I, I never had a, like a quote unquote set schedule. It wasn't like I had like a nine to five, like from week to week, the, the schedule could vary greatly. Um, and so I, you know, kept hoping and kept praying. And it was actually during that time, early 2020, that Lucas and I started the Doxology podcast. It had been a, a dream of ours for a while. We had wanted to do it. Um, you know, it, it just, it felt like the right time. It felt natural. And just weeks later, the, the you know, the COVID pandemic hit. And I mean, maybe you guys kind of know the rest now if you've been around since the beginning. Um, but I, yeah, I continued to work at Quick Trip for a few months there. And then in May of 2020, um, so, you know, our podcast was just a couple months old at that point. But in May, um, I, I got a job at a place called Dairyland Electrical Industries. It's this uh, little little <laughs> company in Stoughton, Wisconsin, but um, it's it's a it's a worldwide company. It's it's highly likely that you live very close to where one of our devices is installed because we basically manufacture devices that protect oil and gas and whatever pipelines. You know, at, at airports at um, the pipelines that go cross country, um, but like you have to protect those. You have to keep them from corroding. Um, you know, if lightning strikes the ground, that's going to try to you know d- go through the ground. And so we have devices that help with um, over voltage protection. And man, I don't know what the heck is going on with that washing machine. I apologize. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing the last let's see, just over two years now, I guess. Um, almost two and a half years. I've been working at Dairyland. Um, I've had a couple of cool um, opportunities there, promotions. It's it's a really cool company because the owners, um, the founder and his dad, um, they they're they're really solid, good Christian men, and um, have a great family that I've actually known for quite a number of years. And so they they take care of their employees. So they have you know great pay, great benefits, which my wife and I <laughs> literally benefit from all the time. You know, me being a diabetic and my wife having Crohn's disease. Um, so yeah, that's. 10 minutes uh if, if you can condense almost 28 years of life into 10 minutes that's that's a little bit about about me um you know theologically i've i've grown and changed and developed quite a bit over my life um but especially in recent years my my thinking has has changed from from where it was and it's interesting because you know i growing up I, I've, I've been to church my whole life i was born on a tuesday i was in church the following sunday so like i've literally grown up in church um, you know, I've, I've, I've shared this stuff on the podcast before, but it wasn't until high school that I started taking my faith seriously. I got connected to a youth group that was really solid with a youth pastor that was amazing. And, you know, obviously went to Moody, um, studied biblical studies and theology, graduated. I was a youth pastor and I, I was big on, on teaching and preaching and not just having the watered down uh, you know, evangelical type youth group, but I wanted to have a, a biblically based, um, you know, even expositional preaching uh, youth ministry. And that's, that's what I did. I mean, my, the last thing I did at that church is I, I preached through the entire book of Hebrews. I had to rush it a little bit towards the end, but it was it was incredible being able to go from the, the, the very beginning of Hebrews all the way to the end. Um, and I know a lot of kids found it really powerful. They really enjoyed it. I've had a couple of people who have who have kept in touch who have said that that was 
uh, a really good series that we did going through Hebrews. And for that, I'm grateful. Um, and it, it was it's interesting because I was at this church. It was a small Baptist church. It was not affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention or any convention. It wasn't I um, like an independent fundament, fundamentalist Baptist church or anything, but it was a it was independent in that it was not associated with a convention or any sort of greater gathering. Um, and so it, it's its theological identity was sort of like malleable. It was kind of formed by the the senior pastor who had been there for decades. Um, and so if you know anything about Moody, Moody is a heavily dispensational school. Um, and so that's sort of the theology I was ingrained in. But right towards the end of, of, of my time at Moody, I began to study Reformed theology in particular. And so that's where I started considering myself to be a Reformed Baptist. Um, and so it was really in that position as a youth pastor where that was like grown and cultivated, even though not really many people around me were Reformed Baptist, let alone maybe even Reformed. Um, there were a lot of people who were maybe, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. But uh, it was it was interesting because that as I as I dove into Reformed theology, I started sort of butting heads with people. There were there were some things where we would have problems and um, you know differences of opinions, differences of interpretation, differences on practice, and it, it, that's part of like what motivated my wife and I to step away. Is like we just don't feel like this is a, a good theological fit for us. Um, and so when we when we moved back here, we started going to a church that was largely Reformed. It wasn't Baptist, but it was a a really good church. Um, but again, COVID hit and everything shut down. Um, the pastor who we really liked at that church actually stepped away from his position at that church. And it was sort of like difficult for us, um, you know, given that we were no longer going there in person, he stepped away. It was difficult because the church was already like a half an hour away. Um, and so the last couple of years have been really difficult. Like we've tried some online churches. We've tried a couple of churches in person, but there just really aren't many opportunities around us, specifically in the city that we live. Like we have to drive 20 to 30 minutes to go to church. And um, just given the state of our country, our nation, our churches, like the, the churches that are around here, I just I haven't felt good or comfortable or confident in, in leadership, in um you know, in the way that the church is run. And so we just, we've, we've sort of been wanderers. Uh, we've, we've sort of been homeless in a way. Um, and it's been in that time too, that just a lot of my thinking has changed. You know, I, I probably still would consider myself broadly reformed and perhaps kind of Baptist ish. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't like using those labels exactly because I don't, I think people will have assumptions about what that means. Um, but especially since 2020, when we think about the, the pandemic, when we think about the events of George Floyd and the aftermath of all of that, um, some of the things that have happened in the SBC, things that have happened with Christian nationalism and the church at large, like I've just like taken stock and inventory of, of my own life, my own heart and my theology and, you know, on this podcast, I, I remember early on promoting people like Owen Strand and um, Al Mohler and some of these people that now I just have a lot of problems with. And um, some of my friends who I was close to still are in those camps. And I'm just like, man, I just I can't do it. Like I, I go on Twitter and I see some of the things that these people are saying, um, some of the things that they, they, they get you know, it's just these unending threads of just back and forth and back and forth. And man, I just, it's tiring. It's exhausting. And I'm like, this is not what Jesus has called us to. This is not what the church is all about. Um, and so I, I've just sort of distanced myself from it. I've, I've tried to, to flow in streams and circles that are more healthy, that are more, 
uh, loving and charitable and gracious. And man, that's, I don't know, like, I, I don't know how to describe exactly where I'm at right now, but I'm just at a place of just like exhaustion. I'm just tired, honestly. And um, I actually, I somewhat echo um, someone that I highly respect on Twitter here. I'm going to try to find this tweet um, as I speak. This came to my mind. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, let's see, I apologize. I'm just trying to find this tweet. Um, Come on. Well, watch it be deleted or something. That would be just my luck. Um, Okay, so Caleb, he goes by Bapto Hammer. Um, You know, he was talking about some of these people that he, he sees on Twitter, but he says, when will God stop us from plummeting to the abysmal bottom of this downward spiral of hate? Will he keep us from an imminent self-destruction? Will he mend us as he breaks us? Will we be saved from our manifold sins? I am too exhausted to be outraged anymore. I'm just inconsolably sad. I want repentance and reconciliation. I want to forgive and to be forgiven. I want to love everyone I currently despise. God, please. And Caleb, if you're listening, I don't know if you are or not, but like, man, that those tweets hit me in a way that I, I can't even describe in good words. But that's just how I feel right now, like on, on social media, in my own life, um, in some of the people that I've, you know, surrounded myself with in the past, like, it just, man, I, I also, I, I, I'm too exhausted to be mad anymore. I mean, I don't know what else there is to do. Like, I'm just, I'm just sad. And I, I, I don't know how to go back. I don't know if we can go back. I don't know if I just have rose colored glasses on, uh, but to think about, um, you know, my, my life pre 2016, when, you know, the, the election happened, when Trump came to office, when a lot of this seemed to start kicking into gear, um, like I've just been exhausted. It's been exhausting and I'm ready for it to be over. I'm, there are some days where, you know, I'm ready for glory. I'm ready to see my Lord. I'm ready to be free from this body of sin and decay from, uh, from type one diabetes, from, um, you know, my, my wife having Crohn's and the complications that come with that. Like, I'm just, man, there's not a lot when you look out into the world that, that makes one happy these days. It seems like there, there's just constant strife and tension. And that's not to mention all the things that are happening with, with, with shootings, these mass shootings happening all the time, or, uh, war and famine or like drinking water that's undrinkable down in Mississippi. Like there are just so many things constantly that, that bombard us from every side. And it's enough to, to make us like go to the Psalms to pray like David, like I am afflicted. Uh, people are pressing on me on all my sides. Like, do you hear my plea? Do you hear my cry? Oh Lord, will you rescue? Will you save us? How long will you neglect us? I mean, that's, that's sort of the vibe I was getting here with Caleb's tweet. And that's how I felt like that, that, that visceral feeling of just like, like that, that gnawing, nagging pain in your stomach. Like I'm just ready for those things to be done. I'm ready to um, be glad to go into a church and to rejoice when I see my brothers and sisters instead of fear. Like, man, where are they at politically and theologically and ideologically? Um, like it's just exhausting. So yeah, I, I apologize. Some of this has maybe been, you know, a bit long form, a bit rambly, um, but I, I, you know, that, that's sort of where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. I come to you guys, um, sometimes weary, sometimes burdened, sometimes, 
um, just stressed. I mean, this last month alone has been one of the hardest months of my life. Um, and that's, I'm not trying to be dramatic. That is just true. Um, you know, in early August, my wife and I got COVID, which we had avoided up until that point, like something like we looked it up like 930 days. Um, we got sick and it was, it was pretty bad, even though we were both boosted and vaxxed. Um, we were both pretty sick for the good part of a week. So I had to take a week off of work. And the following week, we had had plans to go on a family camping trip. Luckily, we were feeling better. We both tested negative. Um, and so we went on that family camping trip, which was a good time. But it meant that I <laughs> missed back-to-back weeks of work, which I've never done in my life. Um, and then the following week, we had just been home for a couple of days. And we had to take my wife to the hospital because of a Crohn's complication. And she was in the hospital for three days and then was recovering for a week. And so there was... Uh, she was on a liquid diet and like stuff just got crazy. And I, I I think I had something like a hundred hours of PTO at the start of August. And I now have like 10 just with being sick and going on vacation and then having to take my wife to the hospital and miss days here and there. Um, so I'm weary. I'm, I'm exhausted. Life, life, life has been coming at me pretty hard. And, um, and that's real. I think, I think we shouldn't be afraid to share those things. I think we should be um, confident enough to be vulnerable, to share truthfully with our brothers and sisters what we are enduring, what we are going through. Um, because uh, how else are we going to get through to the other side? Like we can, we can pray to the Lord, we can trust in him, but we need community. We need brothers and sisters to come alongside us, to console us, to comfort us. Um, and I'm thankful for some of you that I know listen that do that. I appreciate you. I, I, I see the, the tweets and the messages and it, they don't go unnoticed. And, and I appreciate all the prayers and support that you guys offer. Um, but sort of here, as I begin to wind down, I figured I would just share a little bit about um, some of the other things that I'm into. Obviously, you guys know I'm into theology. You guys know I love biblical studies. I, I, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Um, but I figured I'd talk about some of the other things while I take a quick sip of water because I've been talking for 20 something straight minutes. So my wife and I, um, for a good number of years to, to, you know, we were, we were, we were broke college kids and now we're just broke adults. Um, but for, to help us like with our, our extra spending, we've always sort of given ourselves an allowance to, to spend on fun things. You know, if we want to get lunch out or if we want to, uh, buy a new pair of shoes or buy books or something. Um, like we set aside a certain amount of month or a certain amount of money every month to, to do so. Um, for a long time, I would spend my money on books and my wife would also spend money on books. Um, over the last year or so, that's changed a little bit because I ac- accumulated so many books that I was like, I, I can't read all of these. So I'm going to change gears a little bit. Um, and it was actually over a year ago now. It was maybe it was right around the time. Let's see. That was right around the time my wife was hospitalized um, the last time. <laughs> um Actually, that was for her surgery. But anyway, um, it was like last March or April that I started getting in like really into collecting records again. I mean, I've I've been I've been collecting records for something like 10 years, but it's sort of ebbed and flowed. And like I didn't really do much while we were in college just to like save space. But, um, you know, living in the apartment we live at, I um, started collecting records again. And I even worked at a record store part time for a while. And that was a lot of fun being able to work in a music community and, and connect with people that way. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love books. I love records. Uh, currently I'm reading a book about Bob Dylan, specifically the recording of his album, Blonde on Blonde. 
it's a great book. Um, over the weekend, I finished a different book, um, Learning How to Die. It's a biography about the band Wilco, who I actually also saw in concert on Friday. It was incredible. If you love Wilco or you don't, um, you should still go see them in concert. They play for like two and a half hours, and they are incredible. Um, that book was great. I believe it was written by a guy named Greg Cott. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been really into musical biographies lately. So I've read I read uh, Jeff Tweedy, who's the lead singer of Wilco. I read his I read his memoir. Um, I read a book about Frank Zappa. Read another one about the band Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, read one about Nick Drake. Um, have a Led Zeppelin one on on the queue. I've got uh, a Lou Reed one. I don't know. Like I just I've been really into music biographies. It's kind of cool to see uh, the life of of musicians, um, and so uh, music really has been a a source of joy and comfort for me in these more difficult days. I mean, uh, that's you know, I turn on my turntable, I spin the records, I play music all day while I'm at work. Um, and it's been a, a great source of, of joy seeing these people who, you know, come from varying backgrounds with different life experiences and uh, to hear their music, the, the beautiful things that they make. Um, it's just it's it's a it's a it's the grace of God when you think about it, when when God has given abilities to these people to to not only play their instruments and to sing, but to do that well, to get to a point where they can record their music and put it out into the world for people to hear um, not to mention all the people that accompany them, you know, the, the mixers, the producers, the uh, engineers, the people who created the microphones and the amplifiers and the receivers and all the technology that goes into making a vinyl record and our phones and headphones like these. These are the, the small mercies of God that he gives us the ability to even listen to these things. Like, I, I don't even really know how a record works. Like, I know what a record is. I know how it's made. I know how it plays. But it still just does not make sense to me that, like, the needle is, like, in the groove and the grooves are, like, what's producing the audio. Like, it's just, like, mind-bending. Like, again, the grace of God. Um if, if you're if you're wondering like oh like what have you been into lately Jens well I can tell you that Wilco has been really heavy on the rotation in 2022 um, when I go to my Apple Music there's this um, 2022 replay it's basically the top 100 songs that you've played um, in a given calendar year so for 2022 my top like 30 songs or something like that are the majority of them are Wilco. Um, I've also really been into Nick Drake, um, specifically Pink Moon. Um, the Strokes are one of my all-time favorite bands. They're always in the rotation. Uh, this coming Friday, so just in a few days, uh, a band called The Mars Volta is releasing their new album. It's like the first album in over 10 years. Uh, I've been listening to a couple of their singles. Those are super good. Um, I'm actually seeing them in Chicago in October. Um, Horse Girl, another band from Chicago. It's three girls who like just graduated high school. Uh, saw them in concert in Madison last month. They are incredible. Check out Horse Girl. Uh, Jack White has put out two albums this year. Both of them have been great. Uh, let's see. Been into the band uh, called Wet Leg. Uh, that's one my wife really likes. Another band that's always in the rotation is The Beatles. I, I love The Beatles. I love every single individual in the Beatles uh, in the Beatles so you know Ringo and George uh, John and Paul 
Um, I've really been into George Harrison recently. Like I've been listening to so much George Harrison. In fact, that while we were in Chicago, my wife again was vending at Renegade. I walked over to Reckless Records in Chicago and I bought four LPs, all of them used, all of them George Harrison. So if that gives you any idea, um, let's see, maybe just a couple more. Uh, Early Eyes is a band that my wife and I saw in concert. Uh, they opened for um, Hello Goodbye a year ago. They put out an album this year. Um, I think it was called Look Alive, but that's a really good one. Um, Little Joy, if you like the strokes, Little Joy is the side project of the drummer in that band. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun one. The Velvet Underground, always on rotation. And then let me plug a local band. Um, they're, I forget if in a northern suburb of Chicago, but like I know them from my time in Chicago. It's called Good Hangs. They have a song called I Hate You for Making Me Hate You. Um, that's a really catchy one, but like shout out to my boy Anthony. Uh, it's, it's super cool to see you guys blowing up a little bit locally here. I hope it goes even further for you. Um, and last but not least, we'll just drop, we'll, we'll name drop Smashing Pumpkins, Origami Angel, um, really into some jazz. So Hiroshi Suzuki, Art Farmer and Jim Hall, some John Coltrane. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, a little bit of the music that I've been into. And now these, this is, this is the moment that you guys have probably all been waiting for if you read the description or if you came here from like the Twitter or Instagram post, but I'm going to drop a couple of hot takes. I'm going to perhaps explain them a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll have episodes about them here in the future. Um, but here are some hot takes or spicy takes, as I like to say. Um, number one, uh, tracts are not actually helpful i'm talking about like gospel tracts uh, that's t-r-a-c-t-s i do not think that they are helpful i do not think they are useful and thus i do not think people should use them um you know i mentioned my time at moody i mentioned pcms practical christian ministries um one year I did this thing called student outreach. I think it got changed to something called gospel outreach, but basically it was like a group of like 10 or 15 people. We'd meet for like 15 minutes and talk and pray and catch up and then go out into the city and literally just like street evangelism, like do street evangelism. We'd go to the bean. Um, we'd go in the winter. We'd go to like water tower place, like the mall. We would go like literally interrupt people while they're trying to shop for their, upscale you know whatever um or sometimes we'd go um uh to like a, a subway station and just like sing songs and hand out tracks and man when i think about that i'm just I, I i sometimes cringe like i people are just trying to like hang out at the bean they're trying to be um you know tourists or whatever and we're just out there bugging them being like hey can we talk about god which like is fine like we can do that and like i did have some good conversations from time to time but for the most part it was just like people would shoot you down or they'd like argue with you um and especially tracks like when we I, I hated handing them out because it was so insincere you're literally just handing someone a piece of paper and expecting them to then go and read it and like sometimes they're really bad they're really corny they're misleading like i've seen some that are dollar bills like people leave them as tips like oh here like this is this is way more valuable than money and it's like come on you tool like <laughs> that person just worked hard to to serve you and you're giving them a tract like come on um, so that's my spicy take. They're not helpful. They're not useful. Like good, 
evangelism happens in person, like over many years sometimes, but like in conversation, not these impersonal little handoffs. Um, let's see what else is going to be spicy. Um, Ooh, I don't know how this is. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to word this. I don't know if it's a hot take. It's just something I've been thinking about. Um, but theologians of history compared to theologians today. And what I mean by that is I'm thinking of people like, you know, maybe John Piper. I'm thinking about like Al Mohler. Um, I'm thinking maybe of people like uh, Doug Wilson. And by theologians, like I'm, I'm kind of using that word loosely, but I'm thinking about these like big name figures in evangelicalism. Like maybe you want to say Matt Chandler. Maybe you want to say Mark Driscoll. Maybe you want to say Bill Hybels or James McDonald. Like any of these people who have been having, uh, you know, concerns and questions raised. Ravi Zacharias. Like these are people that we, that, that many, many, many people know and follow and revere. And years from now, we're going to talk about them still. And so I just, I've been having this feeling like when we look back into history and we talk about Martin Luther, we talk about John Calvin, we talk about Jonathan Edwards or whomever, like, man, were those, like, did those people have these, these scandals and these issues and we just never heard of them? Like, it's just making me wonder. And so the, maybe the hot take here is like, be careful who you follow. Be careful like what you think about people in the limelight because more often than not, especially lately, it seems like these people are doing things behind the scenes that are not godly, that are not Christ-honoring, that, that, that don't exalt our king and, in fact, uh, do the exact opposite. And so tr- tread lightly. Be careful. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't commit yourself to being a, you know, a follower of, of Piper or a follower of, of, of Chandler. I mean, just like, just like Paul says, like we are not apostles of Apollos or Paul or Peter. We are followers. Uh, we are, we are disciples of Christ. And so, um, that's what we ought to be today too. You know, we can, we can listen to some of these people, but, uh, first and foremost, we should be listening to our, our, our local pastors, trusting them, um, and, and hopefully they're, hopefully they're not doing things that are just messed up and shady behind the scenes too. Um, here's another hot take for you. I got a couple left. Uh, I think aliens are real. Um, I don't know how to qualify that very well. I know <laughs> Lucas and I have had, uh, conversations. We have a couple of episodes about aliens, I believe. Um, you know, I don't know. I think, I think the universe is huge huge. I mean, we're, we, 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 I think it's like the Weber, the web telescope, whatever that new telescope out in space is like, that's blowing Hubble out of the water. Like it's taking some just a mind bending photos and sending them back here. And I'm left just speechless. I'm left in awe. Uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago, that family camping trip, there were a couple of times around the fire on really clear nights, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you look up and you can see the Milky way. You can see all the stars and it is just like, breathtaking and then you stop and consider what each one of those small dots is and how far away it is like there's no way there's no way that that the the universe does not have some sort of life forms somewhere and i'm not necessarily saying there are other humans i'm not saying necessarily like we talked about a couple of weeks ago that there are several incarnations because you know jesus had an incarnation here Jesus had an incarnation on some other earth. I think we talked about that in that Carl Rahner episode because that was a, a loose belief that he held. Um, but I, I do think that there's life forms on other planets, whether it's, um, you know, algae or plants or 
some sort of, uh, you know, maybe dinosaurs are existing on some distant remote planet somewhere. Um, so like when I use that word alien, I don't necessarily mean that there are like Martians or like green creatures that are visiting earth necessarily. Um, but I do think that life exists beyond earth. Um, despite the fact that I also do think earth is like special and important to God, to Yahweh, as he created it, as we have his, as we've seen in his word that we ought to steward it and care for it. I'm also not like naive enough to think that we're alone, that this planet is all that there is. Like there are things happening billions and billions of light years away that we are completely oblivious to, but it's happening and it's all to the glory of God. So we're going to get to heaven one day and God's going to say, yeah, there were like weeble warps on, you know, some other planet far, far away that we've never seen or heard of. But yeah, I think, I think life forms exist outside of our, our world. Um, last but not least, this is my super spicy take. It is better to love your neighbor than check a theological box. And this applies in so many different ways, but, but lately on social media, there, there's just this, this super strong lack of love and super strong push to like check all of these theological, political, and ideological boxes. Like, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, and these are the things that are most important. And I was one of those people once. I was in the Reformed pub. I've been on, I I mean, I'm no longer on Facebook because of the Reformed pub and because of all the arguments I was getting into with friends, acquaintances, and strangers um, over theological beliefs and opinions. Like, Man, I I don't know if you guys have been seeing all this news about like Harry Styles and Chris Pine, um, but there was this one meme where you know Chris Pine's face is just like I hate everything, and, and Harry Styles is explaining something. But the the meme read like this is God when we're trying to explain a universe that we don't understand, which fits into my aliens are real bit. Um, but like this world is so complex. The, the scripture. Um, we have general revelation we have special revelation and this world is so complex and so difficult and there there are so many different theological beliefs and opinions um that like the more important thing is to love your neighbor like you can differ on matters of baptism you can differ about how to take the supper um as long as we're taking the supper as long as we're baptizing like but first and foremost we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves to to love those um, who, who are maybe difficult to love. And so, yeah, maybe that's just my spicy take, but I think it's more important. It's better. God calls us to love our neighbor. He doesn't necessarily call us to check a theological box. And if you want to push back on that, that's fine. You can reach me at, uh, either of our social media accounts and we can go over that. But that's, that's, that's going to be it for today. Um, again, if you've made it this far, I want to say thank you. Um, I also want to say sorry. I realize that this isn't necessarily the way that the doxology podcast normally goes, um, but I figured it was good. I, I figured it'd be okay for you guys to hear me talk for a little bit, um, to hear what's going on in my life, hear a little bit of who, wh- you know, where I've come from, where I've been, where I'm going. Um, if you liked this, if you want to have Lucas do one very similar, like let us know. 
Um, but we just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us slash me, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, questions, and episode ideas. We'd really love to hear from you. We love getting feedback. Um, remember, be nice. Be nice on social media. Remember to be nice seen because, like, we don't want to have you being a heretic. Um you know also trust god and cast lots Um, that's really important and last but not least send us your heresy month suggestions we're about to have our third installment of heresy month in october and we'd love your suggestions but until next time peace out